Live from Animated Studio 6A in the open mic capital of the world, Austin, Texas, it's the Damn Tonight Show. Tonight's guests are Bobby Sharon, George Corbin, and Natalie Fan. Here's your host, who thinks he's right about everything, Colin McDonald. Hello and welcome to Daily Austin Music. This is the Damn Tonight Show. Let's jump into some headlines. Overloud released their top 100 Austin songs of the 2010s, and we're going to play an Austin musician bingo game. So many Austin musicians play in multiple bands. Let's see how many you're in. The one in the most bands on the list wins a cartoon trophy. Austin Music's Town Bicycle. Kevin and Netta from The Chronicle went on Spectrum News talking about the changes to the Austin Chronicle marketing campaign, also known as the Austin Music Awards, and Kevin really impressed me by showing so much support for the other journalists up for Journalist of the Year. One of the exciting categories is Best Music Journalist, and as you see here, you have just somebody, and then blah, 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 Kevin Curtin. Whom? Who's that? There's a new Austin Music Podcast, you know, go figure, Live Music Capital with Eric Lycom, and Raul Adrian Ochoa is starting a new songwriter-focused series, Duets and Dynamics. Mandy Routon, founder of Girl Guitar, went on Austin After Hours to teach Taylor Ellison how to play guitar, and it was highly entertaining. Charlie Drones steps away from C3, and who cares? I'm just talking about this so I can show you this picture. This is C3, the largest music festival producer in the world. Look at this picture with your eyes. Okay, got it? Moving on. In other news, apparently there are more people playing South by Southwest than are not playing. NPR put out an article the other day solely focused on those playing South by. It's pretty cool though. They're putting together a playlist with all the South by Southwest artists, and I mean, wouldn't it be interesting how much oversight are they really going to have over the submission process? If they had 100 people, that's still a couple hundred bands per person. I wonder, since they're asking for MP3s, not just like verified Spotify accounts, if you labeled all your songs as South by Southwest artists featuring your band, what are the chances you might end up on that playlist? I mean, you have you seen the number of bands playing this year? It's now up to, I think, if I have the latest numbers... Yeah, physically impossible for any one person to know and recite the band's playing. I mean, a guy recited 31,811 digits of pi, and that's the all-time record. And there are at least 32,000 bands booked for South by this year. I wonder if eventually it'll just be bands. No more fans, and bands will become like friend groups. You can float in between, but everybody's got a record. And speaking of everybody having a record... Last year, Delvel Hybe formed a record label. Yeah, that's right. A high school is going to be making records, and you thought your competition was stiff now. Just wait till these TikToking techno savvy kids have the means to express themselves through recorded music. Seriously, this is what we should be teaching. Not this in one ear and out on the Scantron stuff we do now. These kids are going to learn the valuable lessons you learn making records, like how to bring an idea to life in collaboration with many other creative people, troubleshooting systems they don't know, managing egos on a creative team environment, and honestly, what better way to learn about sex, drugs, and rock and roll? Now, you guys with recording studios and a few extra pieces of gear laying around, if you're feeling extra generous, let's hook this school up and give them the equipment they need to blow us all out of the water. This is one of the reasons I'm so optimistic about Austin's musical future. And finally tonight, I came across a very thoughtful article on KXA Insight by Russell Falcon and Tim Miller, How Secure Are Austin's Bars? And that really got me thinking. I've been loading out in Austin and somebody that was armed grabbed my arm and spun me around. It happened to be a cop who thought I was parked illegally, but it could have been the end. Seriously though, Austin is becoming more and more like an open airport. Why don't we have metal detectors at the bars? I mean that sincerely because I hadn't given it a single thought before I read this article. 
With everything that's going on today with all the gun violence, the city and some venues are being proactive with training and drills, but are we doing enough? Do you feel safe going downtown? I don't want to have to roll out in my next Austin gig like Antonio Banderas and Desperado. I genuinely would love to see your thoughts in the comments down below. Are we doing enough? And would metal detectors actually help or hurt live music attendance? And how would that compare to the effect the smoking ban had? We'll be right back with Bobby Sharon after this brief message. Kids in a New Groove's mission is to provide Central Texas children living in foster care with a committed one-on-one -on -one mentoring relationship through free weekly private music instruction. Since 2009, King has empowered over 700 youth with music mentorship. Children in foster care are a highly vulnerable and underserved population. Having undergone emotional, sexual, or physical abuse, the children's lives are traumatic before they even enter foster care. King's Music Mentors and their students build a lasting relationship with support, which helps the students succeed academically, emotionally, and socially. King equips youth in care and concrete tools to show the world and, more importantly, the youth themselves that what they can accomplish with passion and dedication. They need your help to continue making an impact. Kids in a New Groove seeks volunteers, music mentors to provide weekly music lessons and mentorship to youth and foster care. For volunteer opportunities and more, visit kidsinanewgroove.org. Hello and welcome back to Daily Awesome Music. I'm here with Bobby Sharon. Uh, thank you for being on the show and being a cartoon. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so much I've fun. never been put in a cartoon yet. <laughs> this is the first. Nice. I'm psyched. So you've been doing this for how long? How long is the four, four years? Four years. And this is like twice a week for four years? Twice a week. Um, lately, it's been because of uh, family issues and the holidays. Right. I've been down to one episode a week, but man, after this big show comes up and is over with, we're going to go back to two weeks, two episodes a week. Excuse me. So let's let's get into the show real quick. So your birthday show is coming up Saturday. Saturday, and you have I don't know like every good band yes in Texas <laughs> playing the show. Um, so tell me about that. Tell me about the show. Like why? What what, what is this thing? So first off, it's called the Cobra Cast Birthday Bash Slamboree. It is on Saturday, January twenty fifth, over at Come and Take Alive in Austin, and it's actually starring the big big band on top as Dangerous Toys this year with Vallejo, Madam Radar, who used to be Texas you know, KGB. Texas KGB. Yeah. Uh, we got three thirty three Blackheart Saints, Dirty Worms, Ninety Nine Crimes, Rock Holiday, and School of Rock Kids are going to open it up. So nice. it's going to be a banger. So if you can come on out, man, come out and check this thing out. It's be crazy. And, and, and one thing I've, I've I love about you is everything that I've seen from you is a party. This is going to be a party. Let's get back to the podcast. Yes. Why the hell are you doing this? Okay, so the podcast started. I'll give you a date. First episode, September twentieth of two thousand sixteen, and it wasn't really more of you know doing it for music. Right. I have a lot of comedian buddies out in California and LA, pretty big guys. And um, every time they would come to town, one of them especially, my buddy Joey was like, man, he goes, you know everybody in town. You're good with music. Because why don't you put something together? I'm like, man, I don't know, you know. <laughs> so anyways, after that piece by piece, I started doing it. Got the equipment together, you know, was going on YouTube, how to run the equipment, because yeah, I didn't yeah. know what the hell I was doing, you know. <laughs> Finally got it together, you know, and we did the first episode, September 2016. The first episode was a nightmare. Yeah. I was running off a laptop, and I mean, I had to break, if you go listen to it, there's no video of it. But if you go listen to it, it was broken up into three pieces because the computer kept, or laptop kept going down. I just started over. It was such a fucking mess, man. So anyways, here we are, man. You know, in your episode, actually the episode uh, 280, we're going to be recording with you tonight. Let's look at 2020. What The, the podcast going forward in 2020, what are your kind of goals? What are, what are you looking forward to? Well, I want to be consistent, number one, mm -hmm. you know, and get content out there. But I want it to be good content, you know. I know we have a lot of, 
and I base this a lot off of Howard Stern because if you look, looked at the beginning of his career, right. it was all craziness and you know strippers and hookers and you know <laughs> midgets and all yeah. sorts of stuff. You know, now he's getting to more serious kind of you know interviews and stuff. Right, and I'm really kind of aiming towards that. Yeah. Not like I'm gonna stop having all the fun up here, right, you know, right. my buddies and everything. But because what it's all about, you know, it's a big party and we have a good time with it. Um, but yeah, more consistent, more you know, more in depth kind of interviews with more than just musicians, you know, um, because I've already had military people up here, I've comedians up here. Um, I had a, a, a relationship coach up here. I mean, I've yeah. had all sorts of shit, you know. I imagine you're learning a lot. Yeah. Kind of give me a highlight of one of the, one of the things you've learned. Just, man, not to have enough, to let loose your opinions. You know what I mean? Because when I first came in this, I was like so against cover bands and so against tribute bands and, you know, that kind of shit. And now it's like I look at it kind of like, you know what? If you're a musician, you have a band, and you want to go out and play and make money, you know, and you're good at it, you know what? And in, you like it, mm-hmm. and people like it, you know what? Knock yourself out, you know what I mean? Who am I to say that you suck, or who am I to say that, you know, you shouldn't do it because you're playing in a cover right. band? To each their own. And man. plus, you know, open myself up to other kind of music. You know, right. I've had rap bands up here, and, you know, hip-hop yeah. bands up here. I mean, Dirty Worms have been up here a couple of times, you know? Nice. You know, and they're as hard as they come, so yeah. pretty yeah. much. So do you do you play? Yeah, that's what the deal was when I, I moved out uh, to Texas in 1991. I was a drummer. Okay. Ah. And I played in the scene until probably around 2000. Right. And at that point, it, it started to turn into a cover scene. And it, yeah. the tribute thing was sort of coming out. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put it down for a while. Go find a real job. Right. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> buy a house. You know, just try to get my shit together pretty mm-hmm. much. So I still was in the scene going to see bands. And I knew everybody in the scene. Right, right. So when this thing came up, it was like a, just an open book of... Just let's call some people and get it rolling, you know? What is your view on kind of where we are in the music scene now and what we have to do to get better? Well, first of all, we have to realize it's not the, it's nineteen it's not 1995 anymore. You know what I mean? Or 1972. Or anymore. 1972. You know, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. like, give up. There's too much technology now, man. That's what it is. And I think it's a lot of it's oversaturation. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this bill that I got this Saturday coming up, and... You know, there's going to be competition, no matter how big this thing is. Yeah. You know, there's going to, I mean, I'm sure we'll do well with it. And I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really a banger of a show. But I mean, we're going to have other bands playing around town and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of it's oversaturation because, you know, back when I was playing, it was, you had that one hot show in town every weekend or one, you know, once a night or whatever. And then it came to right now. It's a thing where you have 20 of those shows, right. must-see shows. And you have to make a choice. And you got to make a choice, yeah. yeah, and it's tough. So, I mean, my thing is, I like putting on events, not shows. Right. I like putting together one big show a year, you know, do this birthday bash and, and make it as big and loud and nasty as right. I can. You know, that's my goal for it. I think this year we're kind of proving that. Yeah. Um, but I really think, you know, the bands in town really need to... This is my opinion. I'm not saying this oh, is, please. you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is they need to make events. Make it to where the people want to come out and see you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Make it an experience, not yeah. just come out and see me look at my feet. Like, make it a show. Yeah. I mean, with this, it's going to be like, a, you know, going to be the Olympic of, Olympics of badasses. I mean, they're all going to war on this one. You know right. what I mean? They are. They're all they're out, out trying to outdo each other. That's you know? awesome. So that's, that's, that's what, what you want. It's compi- that's, friendly competition. Competition doesn't mean we're trying to kill you. Yeah. It just means I'm trying to win. Or be, have a better it. band or do a better performance yeah. that night or and whatever. That, that's yeah. winning. And then yeah. the next day, we go at it again. Yeah. And let's do this again. Be sure to check them out this Saturday. At Come and Take It Live, all the bands that you want to see are there. And more. Tickets are available, and the link's down below. We'll be right back after this. Awesome. Awesome.
Now, a couple weeks ago, I promised that we'd have an update on the Austin Hip Hop Awards, and here to give us that is George Corbin. And thank you, George, for being on the show. Just kind of give me an update on what happened with the awards and, and how the event went. It went very well. Um, everything was uh, in order for the most part. Of course, with anything, there will be a few hiccups, but all in all, uh, the show was very nice. I do appreciate everybody that came out, and I do appreciate uh, all of the support that uh, me, my staff, and everyone else received during the event. Hopefully, uh, we can see another decade. A decade. Wow, that's a long time to be doing anything in life, but... Uh, Hopefully we can see another decade, more sponsors, more shows, more awards given out, and uh, more positivity for the community. So, Thank you so much, George, for being here and for doing 10 years, and here's to 10 more. Now go to the AustinHipHopAwards.com website to see who won each category. And Keep doing what you're doing, Colin, man. You know you're my guy, and uh, let's get it going. We'll be right back with Natalie Fan right after this. Welcome back to Daily Austin Music. I'm here with the prolific Natalie fan. And, and for those that don't know who you are, please just give us kind of the uh, elevator pitch of who is Natalie fan. Well, I've got like a thousand elevators. <laughs> so depending on which one you get on, you're going to have a different story. But uh, I am Natalie fan. I am the CEO and founder of On Vinyl Media and SoundSync Music. Um, I do a, a number of different things. I'm on the board of EQ Austin as well, promoting diversity in the music community because there's just not enough of it. And uh, On Vinyl Media is an artist support organization. We basically do everything from selling artist merch on our website to curating music for local businesses around town to booking corporate events, which we've been doing quite a bit nice. lately and then um, SoundSync Music is a licensing company and one of like two in Austin. There's just not enough of that in Austin and with my experience with On Vinyl doing licensing for corporate uh, you know, businesses, right. I took that sort of down a different path and I went to LA, asked a couple of friends like, what's going on here that's not happening in Austin? and it's licensing and publishing. There's just none of that here. So SoundSync Music is my attempt at trying to get local Austin music placed in film and TV. One of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the show and talk to you, like on vinyl looks to me like what a record label should be nowadays in this new industry, which is basically like a services company. So like, talk to me a little bit about on vinyl and, and how you started it and what the vision for that is. I started at A and then went to like two, three, four, five, you know, like it didn't make any sense at all. Uh, on Vinyl started as a an artist, a, a local um, music magazine. So we only covered local music. We covered releases. We covered shows. Uh, we were sort of like overload. Right. And then I really thought about the value that we were giving artists and the artists really loved it because they had press regardless of whether people read it or not they had something to show people uh, people out of town people who are they were trying to get to shows like this is what someone's written about us and it was really special to them but then I wanted to take it a little bit further and try to monetize it so this was around the time 2015 when they came out with the first music census right and they thought about 
well, why don't we just ask these musicians how much they make? And then like this pitiful number of $18,000 a year with a second job came out. Mm -hmm. And then everyone started freaking out and they talked about there being a music crisis in Austin and how the musicians aren't getting paid anything. And they didn't, I mean, they wrote this huge, I swear to God, it was like 100 pages long and they did nothing about it. So my idea was, well, why don't we do something about that? So we started with background music, and that was a bigger challenge than I ever thought it would. It still is a challenge. Um, And then we thought about doing artist merch, um, corporate booking, you know, so all of these different revenue streams. We've been trying to support artists with these things. And yes, I guess you're right. We don't necessarily have a roster of artists. Right. But we try to support the entire community. And, I mean, we're just doing the best that we can do. Yeah. <laughs> right. And talk to me a little bit about, like, the Austin community. I feel like there's really not a whole lot of models for musicians to follow. There's a mold right. that yeah. we formed as a community. The yeah. mold is start a band, campaign to be on the ballot for the Austin Chronicle music poll, win, uh, if you win Best New Band, you get automatically entered into the Black Fret roster. Then you win like a grant. Mm-hmm. You win a small grant the first year, and then you can apply again, and then or get nominated again, and then get voted on. And if you win, you can win a twenty thousand right. dollar, however much it is. You know that's that's the mold that we've created for ourselves, mm-hmm. and we've been really dependent on that on that mold. And because you're a Black Fret artist, guess what? Now you for some reason, your career is validated by people that probably can't do anything for you. You know, I love Black Fret. <laughs> I love Black Fret. I really, I think that it's great that these people have, have put their money into something like music. Yeah. I'm not knocking that at all. Absolutely. I love that model, and I hope that they're successful in Seattle as well. But that can't be our only model as a city. There needs to be other organizations like Black Fret that are helping our musicians as well. And without investment, that's never going to happen. Natalie, thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to have you back on real soon, and we're going to talk about the app and all the other stuff you got going on. Yeah, thank you. So be sure to check out On Vinyl Media, SoundSync. We'll be right back after this message. And finally tonight, I think we all know deep down that Free Week just has to die. And no, I don't mean the whole concept. I mean the name. Nobody knows if the musicians play for free or if there's no cover. It's confusing and it has served, it just needs to die. Which brings us to the top five alternative names for free week. Number five, pay to play week. For one week a year, we actually give you money to go see a local band. Stay for an hour and collect your 10 bucks on the way out. Number four, buy a homeless guy a drink week. Double your impact on attendance and meet somebody new. Number three, strike week. One, two, 50 years and we're out of here. Number two, DJ week. Just DJs everywhere, all the time, and they can even play local bands' music if they want. I mean, what, you scared? And finally, the number one alternative name for free week, Silent Week. A lot of people say they want an Austin Musicians Appreciation Week. To that, I say, please no. That falls in this Musicians Are Helpless narrative. But with Silent Week, if you want to be appreciated, put up a parking lot. Because don't it always seem to go... You don't know what you've got.